Welcome to Recollection, the podcast where we play through our backlog and old video games. I'm Andrew Peck. And I'm Kyle Bursa. And today we are talking about Diablo 3, an action RPG that came out. And I didn't have to look up this date. I know it by heart. May 15th, 2012. <laughs> That's how excited I was for this game. It was, I think it was one of the most hyped games to me in my adult life. Was this a release date title for you? Was this like a midnight release thing? This was a hundred percent that. So, but before that, there was they had an open beta. I oh. think I think it was like just a very short snippet of the game, but you could do it over and over, play any classes, maximum level of like thirteen or something. I played that for like twenty hours. You um, you actually got me to play that for a little while with you. I um, I actually got very bored by it. And was one of the big reasons I didn't um, I didn't buy the game. That um, 2012 was right around when I was finishing up my master's thesis, so I had no free time uh, whatsoever. So one of the big things that's going to come up in this podcast is Kyle was was really into this game right when it came out and harped on me for literally years to get it, and then I did, and we played together for maybe what what six months? Yeah, something like right that. Right around when the expansion came out, <laughs> then Kyle got bored of it and dropped it, and I have been playing it ever since alone. Yeah, I mean, I think you did it the right way, probably, because you're right, the open beta was boring, the early game is riddled with problems, although I enjoyed it, and, uh, you know, I I don't know, maybe we should talk about that early game. Yeah, so, one of the things that I think we're going to do is we're going to start out by talking about, you know, Kyle's experiences with Vanilla, which I didn't really play much of, and I'm really interested to know what that was like for you. Uh, We'll talk about a little of our time right around when the expansion came out, what the expansion changed, how we felt about it, uh, how I felt getting into it, and then we'll kind of shift and I'll take over the conversation about changes that have been made uh, in the last couple of years post-expansion, post-Kyle burnout. (laughs) So, Kyle, let me ask you something. Mm -hmm. When you sat down at, like, midnight, did did you download this? Yeah, I think, okay, so I, I coincidentally ended up having the day off work. I did not take the day off work for it. I just, someone asked me to work Saturday. I was like, can I take Tuesday off? It was a Tuesday. I remember that. Oh, um, and it, uh, I think it came out at 2 a.m. because Pacific time midnight, probably. So I was there like hitting refresh at 2 a.m. trying to log on to the servers, which were just riddled with people and it was tough to get on but once I got on I was able to play pretty much like for a while I think there was a hiccup and I lost my group but once I got back on thing that we need to note about this game and this was contentious when it came out that uh, Diablo 3 is always online even if you want to play single player Um, and one of the big issues they had around launch was that the servers weren't quite prepared to handle all the traffic they got. This game sold gangbusters. A huge amount of people were playing it, and as a result, a huge amount of people weren't playing it. Yeah, but you know what? In in the we're five plus years out from the release, and in the grand scheme of things, it was like a couple days that it was an issue. It was mostly the first day, and there was sporadic issues after that. But they corrected it pretty fucking quickly i mean if you think about like working at like 2 a.m and like trying to fix shit like in california or whatever like 
I think they did a pretty good job. Like, was I upset at the time? Did I make jokes about not being able to log in? Sure. But I mostly was not prevented from playing it. When I, like, I had, I think I had something where I got disconnected or my internet, like, took a hiccup. And so I lost my group. And then I kind of had to play solo for a while because they were, like, several levels and quests ahead of me. But I was only, like, logged out for half an hour, which is, like, a not insignificant amount of time, but it's, like, not a big deal. I was mostly able to, like, log on with some trying and stuff the first couple days, and then it really smoothed out pretty quickly from my memory. Okay, so uh, what class did you roll? Do you remember? Yeah, I went with the wizard. Well, that was that was the first one I tried as well after I got the expansion. Yeah, I mean, I've always been sort of the wizard guy in previous or sorceress uh, or whatever in the previous Diablo games. That's what so, I'm always saying about you. Yeah, that yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's I had to go with that first, and I I did do the the um you know the open beta, and I I dabbled in all of them, and many of them were appealing. I actually think I found it to be a hard choice. I think. Witch Doctor, Monk, Demon Hunter, Barb. Most of those are pretty cool. I've really never had much of an inkling to play Barb. But, yeah, I, I thought all the classes were pretty interesting. But I went with the tried and true wizard. Nice. So, uh, how far did you get on that first day? Do we, um, I'm going to regret asking this. Do we want to talk about the plot of this game? The plot of Diablo 3 <laughs> is pretty irrelevant. We can hit a couple highlights, but here's the thing. So here's the... Th okay. You go and then I go. The The problem is you want to keep making sequels and then you write yourself into a fucking corner. Like, the concept of the game is Evil Overlord tries to take over the world, essentially. And he's beat, and then you have to just make, like, when you make sequel after sequel, you have to make these dumbass twists, and you make the twists in previous games, and you have to, oh, oh, so Aiden, uh, he... He has a name now. Yeah, he jabbed a soul stone in the first game into his head, and then, oh, now he's the Dark Wanderer. Okay, that we're still in the kind of cool territory. Uh, Kane's still there, but now it's, like, a long time later, and now Diablo needs to come back somehow, and... You just, and there's also something, there's a little bit of like a Metal Gear Solid 4 vibe here where they're trying to be very fan servicey, but it also kind of like makes them write ridiculous twists. It's like, oh, what if we bring back characters? Oh, well, what is Adria the Witch going to do? Oh, she's a fucking traitor. Okay, cool. You know what I mean? Like, it, I do. So one of the, the big things I think was a miscalculation with Vanilla is, um, that the story, so the story is terrible. We agree on that, right? Yeah, but, but fortunately, it doesn't really matter. Well, so this is what I would argue. They keep shoving it in your face, and they, in vanilla, really wanted it to matter. Yeah, um, in you a way that, like, I've played through the vanilla campaign once to unlock uh, adventure mode, which got released in the expansion, and I have never touched it again. I just find it intolerable. Yeah. So what you had to do in the uh, original release, the first early patches, is. You had yeah. to play through every quest of the story in normal, and then you had to do it again in nightmare mode. You had to do it again in hell mode. You had to do it again in inferno mode. So it was doing the, harder difficulties. Yeah, you had to do it over and over those same things, which is not, you know, like the story's pretty skippable. You know, you can skip <sighs> stuff, but 
it I is guess, it is like, kind of forced upon you in a different way than adventure mode, which comes later. Imagine if every time that you wanted to do like a bail run in Diablo 2, you had to just like mash spacebar through a villain, just like maniacally laughing and talking about irrelevant plot minutia for like a good yeah. ten seconds. Well, and it's there maddening. is there is that section in Act Two where um, what's his face, the cube guy. He like is like following you around as a ghost and like talking <laughs> shit. What's his name? Zoltan Cool. Yeah, that's right. Zoltan Cool just is like following you around talking shit for like a quarter of the game. That was one of the few parts I liked. And then he's like, I'm evil for some reason, and you have to kill him, I guess. That was true. That was Very true. I'm happy they brought him back in the expansion. That was uh, some good scenery chewing. Yeah, but um, so, okay, but a couple yeah. things about the story. Go ahead. Kane is back, which is like that's a cool uh little fan service. Like Kane's been there, he's been the tried and true thing that ties these games together. And they kill him off real early, like the woman in Psycho. You know, it's like you're ten minutes into the game and he's like Kane's fucking dead. Um and then uh his daughter, like adoptive daughter Leah, is actually what, Aiden's daughter or something, and like she becomes Diablo, something like that. You just saved our audience like 18 hours of really, really annoying gameplay. Yeah, she's she's Diablo, and it was the plan all along, or something. Uh, don't don't pay attention to the story. Like, yeah, if you're if you're playing at this point Diablo three for the story, you're doing you're doing the wrong thing. And even at the time, I recall <laughs> people were not super happy about the story. People would do things um because the drop rate was so bad of identifying like oh if you teleport to this area these chests you can reach really quickly without dying you can just pop them open hope like there's a, a rare or a legendary and then reset the game and just keep doing that so instead of actually like playing the game people were farming items by like running popping chests uh, in inferno mode yeah i will i will give uh like kind of one credit to the story in terms of a cool setting and something that i when i got to act 4 and it turned out that like the demons had taken over heaven and the setting of Act 4 was heaven, I actually thought that was a really cool thing. We hadn't seen it before in previous Diablo games. I was very for that specific I, kind um, of plot point leading into a setting. It actually might be one of my least favorite acts. And, uh, you know, again, I picked up the game later. My favorite set piece actually comes in Act 5. And it's not... It's not like a particular like awe-inspiring thing. It's just really metal in a way that, like... I don't want my Diablo to be grim but I want it to be either, like, gothic or really, like, fuck yeah, kind of, like, metal. <laughs> but we'll talk about that when we get to the expansion. So, um, back in the day, right, when it was vanilla, they had something called Inferno Mode. And it was just the normal campaign we've been talking about, but it was the hardest level of difficulty unlocked after you beat the other three levels of campaign difficulty. Kyle, did you get to Inferno? Right, right. So, Inferno was the hardest one. I was so pumped for it. I was so pumped for it. I, like, just the name, when the name came out, when they, like, I think they put stats of, like, the percentages of HP increase, like, what, how it was going to break down. It sounded brilliant. And, like, I remember Hell Mode in the previous two games being pretty, pretty challenging, and I was looking forward to, like, a really challenging Diablo. And I got through Hell Mode, and I got through Inferno Act 1. For myself, and I think many others, Inferno Act 2 became just a wall. Oh, an impassable wall. It was the point where, like, you could not do anything based on skill. It was, gear was the most important thing. 
and it hit it was such a spike of what you needed because just like trash mobs like these little like wasp things that shoot things at you they would just one shot you and stuff you'd just be dead and it was no fun and that was the point where i stopped playing and i i played the game the original vanilla game which we're probably going to hate on kind of in the long term and like final thoughts on this game but I had fun with it. I played it like 60 hours, but that was the wall. That was the point where I pretty much said, I'm done. Thank you, Diablo 3. Um, you know, I'm probably not going to play you anymore. I feel like I got my money's worth. I had fun, but, you know, good day to you, sir. And it seems to me that this problem was, was really compounded by one of the other big design decisions they put in, which was the auction house. So initially they just had the gold auction house, and then they had later they added the real money auction house. So people could sell and buy items for, you know, U.S. dollars, Canadian dollars, whatever. I'm sure it translated somehow. I mean, when that news came out, it was like a big, oh, fuck, money grab kind of thing. Yeah. And that's that's how it felt. And it, it, it was a mistake. And I think it also is kind of at the heart of what doesn't quite add up to Diablo 2, like what isn't the same magicalness that that was, which is just the feeling of finding stuff and like the joy out of it. So the auction house, the gold auction house was fine. I never had a lot of gold back then. Gold has gone astronomically. It, gold in this game is like Bitcoin. Like it, it was like <laughs> you could have a few thousand and it was worth nothing in real money. And now it's worth like you just, there's so much of it to go around or whatever. Maybe it's the opposite of Bitcoin. I don't know. But it has exploded in the amount that you have. Like I think I had yes. over a million once. And I um I was just playing before our call, and I have over like some I'm in the billions of gold at this point. Um, and that's one of the reasons. Uh, one of the ways they made the expansion relevant is they said, okay, you know, you can keep all your items pre-expansion, um, but you know, now the new max level is not sixty; it's seventy, and we're gonna raise every uh stat by like an order of magnitude. Yeah, there's always been a power creep, but. This initial area, like, it was kind of... The chances of you finding something good were... It felt pretty low, especially if you're kind of a, like, highly interested casual. Like, you're playing, you know, an hour or so a night or something, which is probably, you know, kind of where I was at, like, averaging, you know, seven yeah, hours a week of playing or something initially. For many of the higher-tier items, uh, there was no guarantee that what dropped would be for your class, or if it... Right. for your class that would have good stats. So you'd have to try and sell and get the right stuff for you. and Right, which is weird because like a problem Diablo 2 had very early on is that like rares were better than unique items. And Diablo 3 ended up making a very similar mistake that very often rares would be better than legendaries. Yeah, and legendaries were incredibly rare at first. Again, I would argue um, both a miscalculation by the design team right? That people really like that when it does show up, um, as opposed to, you know, like make it show up more often, they're still going to like it, but also like a follow through of the auction house, right? That like, if you want to have this like economy, whether or not Blizzard's monetizing it, which they kind of were, right? They take a little cut. There was a cut in the real money auction house. You need to make sure that like the resources are kind of scarce, that not everyone's going to have like a pretty good scorn, for example. Yeah. And that led to some ridiculous prices on the auction houses for some people who got to Inferno and got very lucky. And just going back to legendaries, I think in the initial like 60-ish hours that I played this game, I might have found two, and one of them is like a joke thing. I think it was like, 
the Hamburglar or whatever, like in the Unicorn Village place. Whimsyshire. Whimsyshire, yeah. So in there, they have like a joke unique, and that was the legendary that I found. And I think I found almost nothing else. They were so rare. I mean, the idea of playing 60 hours and, and finding basically nothing of value. To the point where like, uh, before this uh, before this, this call, this podcast, I was actually just playing Diablo just, you know, to kind of warm up. And I probably found 20 legendaries in the 20 minutes I was playing. There's definitely a difference. And I, I don't think that like having them be somewhat rare is a terrible idea. But they were too rare, and both the ones that are, like, the three that I found were all just garbage. So everything was rares. And and the stuff that you tried to generally get on the auction house, I remember it being rares. I would search by, like, I need intelligence of this much. I need resistance. That was the big thing about Inferno 2 is resistance. Like, you felt paper thin. Things would just chew through you like a hot knife through butter. Was it basically like playing, playing like, a bullet hell game at that point? Where, like, any one hit will kill you, so it's just trying to, like, avoid all the stuff on the screen? There was a feeling like that, although, like, bullet hell games have a capacity for you to dodge, and it doesn't really (laughs) exist in the same way here. Not so good. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the main issues with the vanilla game. But, like, so I want to iterate that, like, I had fun with it. Like, I'm hating on it, and clearly we know a different Diablo 3... But I said, hey, I, I played this for 60 hours. Like, that is not a joke game to me. Like, it was worth a full-price purchase on day one, in my opinion. I, I mean, I was a lot more poor back then, but, like, I don't want to necessarily always equate, like, hours played to, like, dollar value, like I maybe used to do in 2012. But the fact is that I'm if a game sucks, I'm not... If it's that bad, I'm not going to play it 60 hours. If I, I think Divinity Original Sin is a great example. It's a really good game. I kind of petered out on it and didn't finish it, but I played it like 45, 50 hours. Like anything that I dedicate that much time to is worthwhile. I would agree with that. I could see how, um, you know, especially if um, the grind once you get to Inferno is kind of really only for people doing it like semi-pro or pro. Like, you know, that can be, can just be done, right? You don't necessarily have to just be like keeping at it. Yeah. Oh man, Um, it it would be very interesting if... uh, Twitch was bigger back then. Oh God! Like, and people watched those like semi-professional players because I don't know if there was a is quite the same semi-professional outlet back then. I mean, Twitch existed. I think like my my Twitch account was made in 2010, but it was Justin TV back then. So I don't. I think that was kind of before it was a big thing. So, Kyle, do you remember what were some of the ways they uh, they tried to rectify uh, the frustrations a lot of players started feeling? Or had you checked out by then? Things like like monster power. I did check out for a while. I kind of checked out until you jumped in. But one of the big things is I think they fired like one of the lead directors on the game or something and brought someone new again. Yes, I believe so. That was a huge thing, I think, and probably what leads to the game becoming better because the trajectory of the game is positive. I would, I would agree with that. Um, and it's actually become one of my biggest, like, I just need, like, a 10-minute break games because it's very easy now to just jump in, do something that's going to get you some legendaries or some items that have a chance to be good for your build, uh, and then jump out. And that's that's really, at its core, like, what I want from Diablo. Um, I don't want, like, serious story. I don't want to, like, play a quest again and again. Like, 
I basically want like a fun, feels good uh, loot treadmill. And that's one of the things I, I think even from vanilla when I played the open beta with you, Diablo 3 does very well is it feels good to play. There's a certain like crunchiness to like when you hit something, you know? The hitting, the destroying of enemies, I do think feels good. I think even though the loot system has improved, and maybe this is something for later in the podcast, I think it, it doesn't match Diablo 2. Oh. Well, okay, so I recently watched uh, a video that was shared on Reddit, on the Diablo subreddit, I believe. Uh, Llama something. Llama's his main name. I think it's like Llama SC or something. He is a Diablo 2 speedrunner kind of guy, but uh, what I get, this is a very long video that I skimmed, but what I gathered from it and also from the comments, which he commented in, is that he was doing a single player, like offline thing, and his goal was to legitimately collect every unique item in the game. Okay. And one of them, I think it's the like the unique Archon plate or something, like the Hell version of the best plate mail, is very, very rare. And he's like talking about it with this girl that's there, oh, yeah. and and he finds it and he flips his shit, and like <laughs> the odds of it are just so low that he would find it. And he found it, and he was so excited. And it, the the feel of like loot is a little bit different. One. You know, there are so many, so many class-specific items, as opposed to, you know, say, you know, you might want uh, a few specific things for your class, but like generally, like uh, what the the shako, the unique shako or whatever that has plus two to all skills, that's gonna be good no matter what you are in Diablo two. And there's just, you know, there's something a little bit more satisfying about finding specific loot there. And another part of it which we'll talk about later is the cube and the way that you actually get a lot of loot by kind of transmuting things and taking like gambling chances as opposed to just sort of, Oh my God, Bale just dropped this or Mephisto just dropped this. I am. Um, so I guess what, what I kind of like about the direction Diablo three has taken as far as loot goes is, is I still, and this is why I play um, in Diablo three, they're called uh, seasons uh, in Diablo two uh, ladder seasons. Um, we're playing on ladder. Um, so basically in Diablo 3, uh, now what they'll do is they'll reset uh, game progress every about three months or so, and you can start a new character. They still have non-seasonal. You can um, just keep all your characters there. All your seasonal characters revert to non-seasonal at the end of the season. Yeah, because it'd be um, a dick move to delete right. your character. Uh, unless you want to play hardcore. But um, so, so what I like is that when I start a new season, I still get that rush of like, oh, this is the item I want, no matter what it is. But the thing I think I prefer about Diablo 3 is it's, I get like a double rush of like, oh, this item dropped. I'm really looking for like, you know, a better, a higher rolled version. Um, so it's the excitement of the drop. And then it's the excitement of seeing if it's better than the one I'm already using. Interesting. Interesting. So like earlier tonight when I was playing, I got an ancient uh, ring that I, I kind of needed. And it looked really good initially. And then I realized it was actually slightly worse. And to me, that, that was actually a really good moment of like loot find roller coaster. Interesting, interesting. So, do you think this is a better game than Diablo 2? You know, I had a feeling you were going to ask me that, and honestly, I think it's really hard to compare them. I really think they're two different games. Like, two, I, of course, they're two different games. Um, they're almost two different genres. Um, that, to me, Diablo 2, I play a little more like I'd play like a roguelike. Um, I also might be more likely to play Diablo 2 in hardcore mode. Diablo 3, I play like an arcade game. Um, and that's kind of how it registers in my brain, both in like a, like, you know, it's fun, like 10 minutes, like, pew, 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 
kind of thing. But also in sort of that, like, uh, loot treadmill, almost like um, like a slot machine. Like, okay, I'm just going to kind of jump in quick, kill a couple things, roll the dice. Um, and there are a couple exceptions to that, that gameplay loop that we can talk about when we start talking about the expansion in Greater Rifts. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really looking for very different things. Um, I will say, though, like, since I've picked up Diablo 3, uh, I haven't really played Diablo 2. I think the last time was when we did our podcast on it. And if not for that, it would probably have been a couple years before that. Um, so I don't know. You know, I, I played Diablo uh, 2 for uh, over a decade. I really enjoyed it um, all through, like, high school and college and even a little beyond. Um, but I'm not sure I could go back to it. It's hard to compare, too, because I haven't played them sort of side by side ever. I definitely haven't played Diablo 2 since this came out. And yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting. Should we talk about a couple things kind of about the, the general vanilla game and then get into the expansion? <laughs> sure, sure. First, uh, just let's like kind of breeze through the acts. Oh God. Well, I mean, I think it's worth mentioning at least kind act of one. how they're set. Yeah. Act one is the very fan servicey act. Kane's there, the skeleton king, the butcher. I knew the butcher was going to be the act boss initially. And I like Butcher being a uh, very prominent boss from Diablo 1. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Diablo 1 Butcher is one of my, like, gaming memories. You know, like, the significant, like, you fucking open the door where there's all the, like, corpses and there's blood and, like, everything everywhere. And he's like, oh, fresh meat. And you're like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And he's, he's very fast for how fat he is. He's super fast. So, Kyle, what was it like having this memory exhumed? And its corpse just like shoved in your face, just like rubbing the rotting flesh across your cheeks. What was that like? Yeah, Butcher didn't really live up to it. In fact, actually, I believe my first playthrough, I died during the Butcher fight and then like got resurrected. So I essentially didn't fight the Butcher. <laughs> and then I just went on to Act Two. That was it. Yeah, a lot of um a lot of bosses in this game I think are kind of underwhelming. Um, and the butcher for a boss that was like really freaking scary way back in the late nineties, um, is just like, don't step on the flaming tiles, avoid his like two attacks. Um, it's a uh, pretty disappointing, like just as a normal fight, it's pretty disappointing. And actually one of like kind of a weird thing, his size difference is kind of an underwhelming thing. So actually he's probably several times bigger because he's roughly like, Compared to the normal hero in Diablo 1, he's a fat guy. And compared to a normal hero in Diablo 3, he's a fucking giant. Yep. So that's a big difference. Um, also, the Skeleton King is back, which I think is actually executed pretty well. I liked his kind of resurgence. Material's back. Material's back. Yeah, I guess we can kind of breeze over the other acts. I mean, Act 2, Desert, again, just like Diablo 2, Desert, Act 2, great. Let me just let me just just jump in here. Not only is it a desert, but it's a desert that seemingly learned nothing from Diablo 2's desert. It's just like, hey, big vast expanses, cool. This is what the players want. That's what we want. Um, That's what we want. There's like a demon, and he lies, but not really, and then you kill him in a really underwhelming boss fight. He's Belial. Belial. I um, I at least like the idea behind Act Three. Uh, even if the execution's kind of lousy. Oh, so what do you think is the best act of the vanilla four acts? I think it actually might be act three. So 
if if Act Three was this, if Act Three started with you on the battlements, like, and your overarching goal from the beginning was okay, you see that like giant flaming crater. You need to get there, cross over to Hell, and close the portal from the other side. And the entire thing was you first making the fort safe, and then like doing this long, like slow sort of advance toward the Hell portal and then into it. Um, sort of like how Act 5 works in um, in Diablo 2, I think that'd actually be pretty decent. I think mm-hmm. they're decent environments, they're fairly well varied, um, and then they ruin it by making you pay attention to the plot constantly. Yeah, that is always an issue. But I would say there's kind of a... When I recently played it with you here, I felt like there was kind of a lack of differentiation between acts. Like, yes, I can go to an environment and tell you what act it was from, but it it started to feel a lot more samey to me on this last uh, foray. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you on that. In a way that, like, the monsters in Hell in Diablo 2 seem very not only memorable, but also hellish. Things right. like, you know, they're eating and spitting corpses. They're casting curses on you. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, hey, it's more just general demons. Cool. And there are there are a couple memorable ones. Uh, in Act 3, those those demons that, like, pop up um, on the bridge and they're, like, carrying other demons. Kind of cool. Can I ask you something? Yeah, yeah. If someone tasked you personally to be a hero... And uh, you left the rogue encampment. Would you just nope out of it at the first quill rat and zombie? Like, because I might. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't at the first zombie. Because, like, I, I assume I have, like, a short staff or something and can cast Firebolt level one. Yeah, sure. So, like, the zombie's easy, okay? Like, okay, the dead have risen, I can handle this. The quill rat, like, okay. It's, it's basically fighting a porcupine, right? Like, I can, I can go out and do that right now. Um, and if I have, like, a stick, I think I could probably be okay. Okay. I think. And, like, even, like, even, like, the, the like, hell gremlin imps, okay, they have little swords, but, like, I have, I have like, the, the arms reach. I think the point <laughs> where I nope out is those giant hairy windigos. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a nope out point. But also, yeah. the first lightning enchanted fallen. Like, as soon as I hit one and he shoots lightning at me, I'm like, mm, is this worth it? See, I'm going to hit a Windigo far before then and just That's be true. like, nope. That's true. There's some of them in the cold planes, but, you know, with the right RNG, you might hit Rakanishu first. <laughs> it's possible, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so I think we're done talking about the fucking acts of the game. No, we got to talk about Act 4 where you go to heaven and there's a demon we already talked about it i thought it it could be okay but they ruin it with plot i thought it was cool and listen like we're about to get to reaper of souls where plot doesn't matter let's talk about how plot doesn't matter that's the best thing that you can say about this game yeah is there anything else you want to talk about 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 vanilla uh from the the one time i was kind of forced to do it my memories of it it was um the only memorable things were not good things vanilla is a game that i felt was worth buying but I stopped playing. It had no longevity to me. And then Loot 2.0 came out shortly before Reaper of Souls and Reaper of Souls came out. And we both played that till like 7 a.m. I think I did not sleep that night. We both it picked out. it up on release. And uh, yeah, so they, they got rid of the auction house. Uh, they disabled it right, uh, right before Reaper of Souls came out. Um, and on top of that, they started something called Loot 2.0, which basically meant that whatever class you're playing, 
about 95% of the loot that drops is going to be for that class. So you no longer have to worry about getting a quiver to hold arrows for your barbarian that rolled intelligence. Now it'll usually just roll if you're on a demon hunter and it will roll stats that would be good for a demon hunter. Brilliant. Yeah. They also up the drop rate and within like a week or so of the release of Reach Reaper of Souls, they doubled the drop rate, which was also great. Yeah, I mean, certainly a very notable thing was you get legendaries now. Yeah, and set items. Um, you know, I, I kind of was probably on like a year and a half hiatus because I believe Reaper of Souls came out in March of or so of 2014. And, you know, I kind of probably played this for a couple months and then was done with it until that time. Yeah, I... Um... I had, I had put it off, but I'd gotten to a point in graduate school where A, it had gotten cheap enough and I was super poor as a graduate student. Um, and B, like I, I finally hit a schedule where I was out of coursework, which means I wasn't in classes and writing papers and teaching. I was only writing papers and teaching, which which freed up enough time that I, I could pick it up. Uh, and so I, I did not, I actually, um, I, so this is where I played through the campaign, which I thought was okay. Um, but I really think a lot of stuff that came in specifically with the expansion is what makes this game worthwhile for me. But yeah, we did play until 7 a.m. I don't know about you. I stayed up until I completed the new act. They added Act 5, where you fight the Angel of Death. And um, I would say, hands down, my favorite act of the game is Act 5. I think I was able to start at Act 5 with the previous character, and that's what I did. Um, I think you were there, too. Right, so I had, a, I had a level 60 character going in, and the expansion made it so you could hit level 70. So it was worthwhile to play through. And also, back in the day, you had to um, finish the campaign to unlock Adventure Mode, which is where most play uh, happens now in Diablo 3. Right. So much so that it's by default unlocked for anyone who plays Seasons. Yeah, and there was some other changes, too. I mean, uh, our difficulties were reimagined. They got rid of uh, Inferno Mode. They flattened it, so there's just one mode, but you can pick your difficulty, so you can make the game as hard as you want. The uh, reward being that uh, the harder you make the game, the more things are going to drop. Right, and so it's called Torment, and it basically goes from, well, I think there's, you know, normal, like, hard, something like that, but then Expert, basically, master, basically, you know, torment once you one, get past whatever, torment it's Torment, two. Torment, and I think there were seven Torments initially, and now they go up to what? Six. Six initially, and now they go up to what, 12 or higher? They, um, they started with six torments initially, and then they moved it up to 10 because of power creep, and now it's at 13. Yeah. Uh, so currently, when we're recording this, there are 13 levels of torment on top of like the basic difficulty levels. And they're right. all pretty manageable. Honestly, at this point, um, you know, it's kind of a, a trip to get to being able to do torment 13, the hardest normal difficulty. Um, but once you can do it, I can, I can farm it like you could have farmed normal back in the day with my monk. Um, let's talk about Act 5, because I actually kind of like Act 5. Act 5 was cool. I only played through it in the story mode sense that one time, I think. Really? I think so. I mean, I just I just generally didn't do the story. Adventure mode is pretty much where you do it now. I um, So in Act 5, you, you get revenge on Adria, uh, the witch, who is responsible for uh, killing off Leia. So that was kind of cool. Um, you get to go back to the Pandemonium Fortress. That was cool fan service in a way I kind of liked. You get to fight death and skeletons. You get to, like wake your way through like a city that's beset by like plague and fire and death which is really metal um but the thing i love most my single favorite moment from story mode kyle is the battering ram sequence oh, oh I, my god i do remember that you have to defend a battering ram while you're literally on the ram 
from like these flying demons so you can batter down the giant gates of this fortress. It's just so good, so good. Like when we ran into this, I ran and like woke my wife up and was like, ah, oh, the battering ram, and it's like four in the morning and she has work. She did not appreciate that, but it was that good of a moment. Okay, we wow. no longer have to talk about any acts of Diablo. I just want to share that because the other four unimpressed me so much um, that I just really appreciated some of those moments in Act Five. I mean, I I liked the battering ram. I didn't think it was that memorable. Like, it, it, okay, so it's, it's memorable in uh, terms of the whole game. It's a unique sequence within the game. But like, shit, I would definitely not wake anybody up for that shit. Fucking battering ram. No. I had been so disappointed by campaign mode like two weeks prior, Kyle. That hot sting was fresh in my memory. And then here comes Adventure a gentle, mode. loving battering ram to embrace me with its metal ramminess. And that's all I wanted. Yep. So once you beat the uh, battering ram, you never have to play it again, and you can just play Adventure Mode. Right. Uh, which lets you do rifts. Uh, they ultimately added in greater rifts and uh, bounties. Right. So, uh, bounties, there's five in each act, and they kind of just represent things that would have been normal quests in the story. But with uh, less talking. Yeah, less talking. They're sort of randomly selected depending on, you know, each game that you spawn and create. And uh, you can split up and do them, and then you get a, a, a loot reward for beating all five within an act. Yeah, and one thing that I think is going to come up here is that they've retooled just about all these things that we mentioned. So it used to be that you had to do bounties to get keystones to do rifts, and then you do rifts to get keystones to do greater rift trials, and then you do a greater rift trial that would give you a, a greater rift keystone for a specific level of greater rift. And back in the day, like, level 30 or 40 was really hard to do. Um, so you'd usually only get, like, you know, a, a 20. This led to a lot of people doing really weird exploits to try to, like, preserve keystones so they didn't have to do bounties or game stuff so they could keep going up higher rift levels. Uh, so a lot of this stuff got taken out. So now you do bounties to get specific materials that you can use for an item they added later called Kanai's Cube. Uh, and these items from bounties are useful in some recipes. Rifts are free. But rifts give you keystones, and you can do any greater rift of a level that you have unlocked plus one. So, you know, if you beat a level 88, uh, you can do up to an 89. Yeah, so... But all these things got added later, literally over, like, years of iteration. And it's, it's, it's been good rebalancing. I mean, I, I'm pretty much for all of those changes because they make things feel significant. You're not just doing bounties for the sake of doing the thing you want to do. Like, oh, I have to do these uh, as, you know, the, the curse to get to the thing that I want. It's like, no, you're making them worthwhile. You've, you've tweaked it and found a way to make it worthwhile. And that's kind of, I think, another great example of, like, the game's trajectory is upward. Yeah. But the, the main thing behind that is that the game is also, like, getting older. Yes, but I do like how they they avoided the, uh, we might call it like the bail run problem, right? Where people just calculate what's going to get them a legendary in most likelihood and just do that thing as much as humanly possible. Um, and that's something that they, I think, really did work well into the expansion of trying to make a more interesting or engaging gameplay loop. Um, so, Kyle, were you still around when they introduced seasons into the game? Yeah, I think we, uh, I think that came pretty early in the expansion. We played the first couple together. Yeah, I want to say the first one or two. And it is weird looking back um, at, you know, those first couple of seasons. 
um, because this game has had a lot of tweaking and power creep. So one of the big things that happened post-expansion is they started tweaking set bonuses. So in Diablo, there are certain legendary items that drop that are part of a set. And in like Diablo 2, those bonuses for completing a set were kind of marginal. Um, in Diablo 3, it all started around Season 2 or 3, when the Demon Hunter class had one set that let them get higher and greater rifts than anyone else by deploying uh, these sentry guns. And by balancing the other classes to be in league with this, one of the big design things in uh, the expansion is trying to buff everyone else instead of trying to nerf the one class, um, led to this new sort of metagame where classes are defined by what their set bonuses are, and each class has four sets to choose from. Some can mix and match, but it's pretty rare. Um, so basically, you know, each class now is defined by its uh, four endgame sets. How well those do in greater rifts, what kind of builds they do, how well they do as speed runs. Um, so you have some different options for each class that buff different skills, encourage different play styles. Um, and I actually really like this development, but not everyone does. Some people definitely think it kind of locks them into certain standards of play that they don't really like. Again, I'm going to say, I think the game has gotten better over time. Like, I, I think the game now is probably the best it's ever been. Although, there's a degree, having just recently played it a bit, where it feels a little bit dated, the graphics, the gameplay a little bit. But I think the main thing is that I just have burned out on it. Like, I played it a lot. And I first started playing it five years ago. Like, five and a half years ago, I played it for 60 hours. That's a pretty sure. good game. And then the expansion came out in 2014, and I probably played it for another 100, 120 hours, I'm sure. And then occasionally, you know, a new season would come out for the first... What are they on? Season 12 now? Yes. So I feel like for the first six or seven seasons, you know, every three months or so, we'd play it for a bit. We'd do the season. And then I, you know, I kind of didn't play after season six or seven, I think. Uh, I think it was actually earlier than that. I want to say your last season was season three. Maybe. Um, um, which would have been into the end, I think. Yeah, I definitely burned out pretty good. And it, I think I got what I wanted out of the game. And I just don't, you know, new games are coming out. I'm interested in playing them. There's other old games that I haven't played. Like, I just... I don't think I can be one to like play the same game forever. Although I did a lot with Diablo 2. So that's a, a good, you know, gold star for Diablo 2. One of the things that's different between you and me is I think you like to pre-research playing games more. And I just like to jump in and do it. Um, and that's okay. That's definitely okay. Like these are two very different play styles. Um, I think if I liked that more like you do, I could get into that like oh yeah this is different this season or whatever and uh and that's a big part of how i play is preparing for a season by kind of being like okay here's how we're going to try to get all the gear we need here's how we're going to get that in a timely manner here's uh you know what to do if we can't get it here is you know my like how i'm going to try to you know improve greater rifts here's my list of gear i need in order um yeah that, that's a big part of the game for me and and you've been pretty successful at it with seasons. I mean, what's what's your like peak? You know, in a single class leaderboard, what's been your sort of peak position? Like eighth? Um. So this season, uh, okay. So technically, the answer is I was number one at one point in uh, season eleven, but it doesn't really count. It was the first night of the season, and I just got a lucky drop that let me finish like a greater rift um, forty-five, which is a very low level one before anyone else had. So I was literally for twenty seconds the top wizard. 
Um, but yeah, about a week into the season, I hit number eight on Monk, and I've, I've fallen uh, off the top 1,000 at this point, because I simply don't have the time to, um, to play more than casually. Um, but yeah, like, I'll usually, for like the first week or so, make like an effort to see how, how high I can push, how well I can do in greater reps. And to me, like, that, that's enough to kind of sustain me for about two weeks every three months. Yeah, it's spread out enough. I mean, I, I definitely see how it could have the continued appeal. I just, I have burnt out on it, I would say. I, um, it doesn't do the same thing for me. So in, in preparation for the podcast, I, I'm meaning a monk this season, but I also tried out three other classes just to kind of, like, see, like, okay, you know, um, how am I doing? And I, I also think I might be starting to hit some burnout. Um, I think I have another season in me as a demon hunter, another one as a um, crusader, which I haven't played much of, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe one more as a barbarian, and that's pretty much it. I've, I've really burned out on the intelligence classes. I played them a lot um, right when the expansion came out. Um, I don't much like the Necromancer, which is the class they came out with uh, over the summer as sort of a, a DLC for the game. Yeah. I just I, I don't find the class very fun to play. Um, so uh, having you know basically topped out on Monk, unless they keep making these changes, and I don't I don't think they are now that the game's pretty well balanced. Uh, I have maybe you know two or three more seasons in me. I see. So the re- the rebalancing added longevity for you is what you're saying. Oh yeah, yeah. Because like each time it's like oh. Well, you know, I thought I had a fully geared wizard, but now that they've changed stuff around, all my wizard gear's outdated. So now it's an excuse to jump back in, and within 20 hours of play, this wizard is going to be with basic items better than this wizard who used to have amazing items. Can we talk for a minute just kind of like ranking classes? Like, what's your favorite, what's your least favorite, or maybe even just like going down the list? Yes. Um, maybe going down the list is the, the best way to do it, because honestly, it's basically flipped for me. Over since time? The, um, yeah, since the beginning of the expansion when I started playing to now, um, my list, I think, is basically flipped. And I, I have some reasons on why I think that might be. But um, let's let's uh, go down the list. Let's start with the um, the strength classes, so the Barbarian. Yeah, Barbarian is one I, I never played a lot. I think maybe you power leveled me once, but I didn't really take a lot of time and dig into it. So I'll let you kind of talk about the Barbarian. I am... Um, I didn't really play Barbarian much. I think they actually may have been um, the last class I tried. Um, I like them. I'd say they're kind of in the middle of the pack for me. Um, some of their sets I find fun. There's one designed around jumping and earthquakes, which I think is great. Um, the charge set is okay, um, but I I don't think the whirlwind set is very good, um, and I, I think the charge set has some kind of play issues. So a barbarian to me is kind of kind of in the middle of the pack. Uh, they recently upped their survivability, which is good because they used to feel weirdly squishy uh, for for you know the might class. Um, but yeah, so you know to me barbarians are very much in the middle. Um, what about uh what about the crusader? Uh, the crusader was one that I uh, did right when the expansion came out. It was one of my main classes early on. And, uh, and I, it came out with the expansion, right? It did, yeah, and it had like the horse thing. I really. I enjoyed its kind of fast movement. It had a lot of movement abilities, but I I always felt a little bit weaker, and it maybe was just I played less than the people I was playing with, but yeah, I, I feel like it was a good class, but not the greatest class, maybe. It's 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 probably, if I had to rank them, uh, I haven't played uh, Necromancer, so I'd be ranking out of six. Uh, I think it might be top three. Okay. I am... Um... So the Crusader is very much based around cooldowns, in addition to resource management. I think it's more cooldown-based than a lot of classes, at least design-wise. 
Um, they've been, especially early when you were probably playing, they've been in a weird place design-wise. Um, they didn't always necessarily do a lot of damage. They didn't have an innate damage reduction that the other melee classes had until, uh, you know, a couple seasons in or a couple weeks in. Mm -hmm. um, but that said, like, with the recent changes that have been made, um, I tried a Crusader about two seasons ago and bounced off of it hard. Okay. With the recent changes that have been made, I really want to try a Crusader again. Okay, so it's in the future. Um, they actually seem like they're really fun. Uh, because a lot of the builds that are now viable actually seem like fun builds as opposed to you attack once every 20 seconds and do a ton of damage, but you only attack once every 20 seconds. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, it is so time-based. Like, we're talking about some of the stuff when the game came out, when the expansion came out now, and then obviously, like, there's the potential that someone would listen to this far into the future. And, like, it's a game that evolves. Diablo yeah. 2 did that, too. I mean, at some point, it kind of plateaued in its evolution, and I think we're probably far enough out that, like, the evolution of this game has slowed down significantly, but... Yeah, folks generally believe that this balance patch that just came out for Season 12 is probably going to be the last big one, although I'd love to be proven wrong. But yeah, as far as changing stuff up goes, you're entirely right that, like, three seasons ago, I played a Crusader, thought there was everything there was to see, and kind of was like, okay, I'm done with this. And now I really want to play it again. I'm really jazzed up. I'm actually specifically not making one this season because maybe I'll make one next season. Right. So let's talk about the wizard. The wizard was my first initial main class in the vanilla game. It was your first initial class in the expansion. Yes. And now we both kind of are met about it. Yeah, I um, I know you tried one this season and I tried one as my first alt and I didn't really like it. Um, They are... Uh, way too finicky for me. I don't find Archon very fun. It's this transform ability where you do a bunch of damage, but I, I think it's clunky. It's one of the sets. Um, a lot of the other sets I, I just think is are too button mashy or have weird bonuses, like you have to be fighting an elite enemy and have it lit on fire. Um, it's too conditional, too wonky, where other classes are, are much more straightforward. Um, at best, Wizard feels like a squishy melee class, which is weird for a wizard. I mean, at worst, they, they just feel like they don't have much of a, a design kind of thing behind them. So actually, at this point, uh, Wizard's probably one of my least favorite classes to play, which really breaks my heart because I loved them when the expansion came out. Yeah, yeah. They had their better days. So do you have, uh, and obviously, like, this is tied to certain times. I'm sure mine might not play the same now, but do you have a favorite class or two? Or, like, what are the ones that you had the most fun with? Um, so actually, the classes I enjoy most are the dexterity classes, and I don't, I don't think that's inherently because they're dexterity, but it's because I just happen to like some of their builds. Right. Um, so I really like playing Monk, uh, their uh, Sun Wuko set, which is based around uh, buffing, you know, three skills and you pick one of them. Um, I think those skills are all really fun. Uh, they have a couple other sets that are a little more gimmicky, but they're a little fun to play as, as kind of alternates, um, you know, blowing everything up with the exploding palm set for instance um and I, the, the other class i really like that i'm probably going to play uh one more time before i hang up the game is demon hunter and i hated demon hunter right after the expansion i tried it uh, as my second character after wizard hated it bounced off of it didn't find it fun but a lot of the new sets that have come out or the bonuses they've gotten have made it really fun there's a multi-shot set that i really enjoy playing um there's a shadow uh, assassin set that might be my favorite set and play style in the game um, so that's, you know, that's how far we've come that, you know, classes that I didn't give a second glance to when the thing came out are now my favorite. Um, so yeah, uh, the, the dexterity classes are my favorite, followed by the strength classes, followed by the intelligence classes. 
that's um, not because of those stats, but it's kind of how it shakes out. Well, I would say that I think I had the most fun playing Monk, if I recall correctly. Um, Monk was one that I spent a lot of time with and really liked, and it still seems very fun with its movesets. Uh, I yeah. enjoyed Witch Doctor a bit, but I think, like, yeah, Monk, Witch Doctor, Crusader are kind of my top three. I feel like Demon Hunter is very good, and I just didn't give it enough of a chance. Barb was kind of middle of the pack, and, like, Wizard was great at first, and now it's kind of meh. I'm telling you, man, dual Demon Hunters next season. Yeah, we'll see if I play next season Find your or passion. the next five Stab seasons. Stab things with knives really hard. I'll talk to you in season 20 in 2020. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so uh, one of the other uh, kind of activities that I've taken up recently that gives me a little bit of longevity with the game is trying to trying to push greater rifts and trying to do this kind of like leaderboard stuff. It sounds like that doesn't have a ton of appeal for you. Is that a time thing? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, a lot of the seasons drop on like a Friday night. That's pretty typical. So that's that's a factor too. Is I don't know. I I I don't know that it's necessarily the time thing. Like even the idea of playing it a lot of the time is not appealing anymore. And it's just because there's not enough new stuff. Like I actually thought like. If I wait five seasons, which I probably did at least, and not play it, like enough will change that this will feel fresh again, and it, it doesn't. It doesn't. The the refresh between the vanilla and Reaper of Souls was huge. The you know the refresh with the Dilute 2.0 and all the changes, the closing of the auction house, etc. Those things were big, and I just don't know if it's quite the same anymore. Like the the. The changes are smaller. There's obviously a power creep. Getting to higher level greater rifts is different. Getting like good gear faster is there, but ultimately it's a similar experience. And there's so many games out there that I haven't played that I want to play. And I guess my thing is because I like to put so much pre-planning into games, um, so I, I don't really just casually like you know play, pick up a game. Uh, Undertale is a really good example. I keep like waiting and savoring for when I have that like free week to just enjoy the game that never happens um so i just have never played it so one of the things i like about diablo 3 is that like it's similar enough while adding new twists um from season to season that i can kind of play it mostly casually and be okay but yet also still feel like i'm playing you know a new game that is not the game i was playing last year fair enough and to me that's appealing and again you know uh it's appealing to have a game that i can jump into for 10 minutes or a half an hour um, and then, you know, kind of jump back out of between, you know, writing projects and clear my head between grading, um, where I can just kind of play it mindlessly. It's an excellent podcast game. And that's that's one of the things I really like about it in a way that, you know, something like, like um, Skyrim is not. So, Kyle, what, uh, what else do we have to say about Diablo 3? Not much. We uh, were able to, uh, it sounds like, because this sin seems like it's wrapping up, kind of take this on much faster than Diablo 2 because specific quests don't necessarily matter. Uh, you know, you're just kind of doing bounties, which are all kind of like, find this item, find this boss and beat this boss, go do this thing. Because Pretty the plot simplistic. is something in this game to be actively avoided. No, you know, I think you're right. Honestly, I think it kind of speaks to what I think the game's strengths are and what you're getting kind of a little fatigued with. Um, which is, you know, it's, it's kind of a light game. 
again, like I would say um, it's a very different genre from Diablo 2. It's much more of an arcade game. And, you know, how much can you say about an arcade game? If we were ever to do something like um, I, I've been playing Cuphead a lot recently. If we were ever to do that for a podcast, like we wouldn't have that much to say because it's literally just like a series of boss fights, which is at its core kind of what Diablo 3 is. So, yeah, the fact that like we're not going longer, I, I think actually kind of speaks to what I think are some of the game's strengths. So what's your overall what's your overall judgment of this? Can I direct to you? Uh, I, I gather you think this is a worse game than Diablo two. Um, I th- well you you earlier said that they're not comparable, but I don't think it's an apples to oranges situation. They're in the same genre. Okay. Um, I definitely got more long term out of Diablo two. I can't. I feel like I can't definitively say how these two pair up in 2017 because they haven't played them both in 2017 and Diablo 2 definitely has its its issues although I think there are things like with mods and stuff where it could be pretty interesting and I think there's sort of a there's something a little bit more magical about the loot with it um I really like them both um this was a they were both very hyped games in my life and I think Diablo 3, like, I think both of them have kind of had a positive trajectory, right? But I think mm-hmm. Diablo 3 has gone way further up. Like, it's a it's a higher arc of a trajectory. Diablo 3 has improved greatly over time. I think it's probably still improving, although slower at this point now that it's five years out. But it, um, it's, uh, it's a good game. I just am done with it. You know what I mean? Like, I played yeah. it a lot. Like, I've clearly played it probably over 120 hours. And, you know, if you look at my Steam games and the time played, like, there are not many games over 120 hours. And this isn't a Steam game, and, it, you know, I can't keep track of all games <laughs> ever played. But, like, uh, like, I think Zelda Breath of the Wild is a fucking amazing game. I played that for, according to my Switch, more than 80 hours. I played, is, um, I played this for way more than that. Like, and, and I don't think gameplay time is, you know, necessarily totally, you know, lined up with how good a game is, but you can't deny I thought this was fun enough to play, and I don't necessarily play games for a super long time. You know, like, I don't have a lot of 100-hour-plus um, games. And that's, I think, a big difference between the two of us is that I will put a lot of time into a game, uh, you know, doing different kinds of playthroughs, uh, trying it in different ways. So, like, I don't have a lot of games finished on Steam. Um, I don't necessarily even have a lot of games played, but I will say I do have several games where I have, like, you know, 300 hours put in, 600 hours on uh, Skyrim, which I think is my most played. Diablo 3, probably about that many hours. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I have a high tolerance for this kind of thing done in like, you know, short bursts or, you know, binges once every couple of months. Um, whereas I have more trouble picking up new things. Yeah. And I think that's fair. I mean, people have different play styles and stuff. And like, clearly I played this a lot too. So uh, there's something to be said for it. I don't think either of us would think it's a bad game. I just think I would say it's a good game that I would not recommend to everyone or really possibly anyone in 2017. I guess so. I guess my um, my uh, comment is between this and Diablo two. If you're going to strike one from existence, it's obviously Diablo three. If you, I had to delete one from my computer, I'd probably delete Diablo two. 
Yeah, I I get that. I see where you're coming from. Uh, but yeah, you are right. I've tried to get people into this game because like I hate playing alone or with public people. Yeah. Um, and like uh, I've never gotten to like you know what you and I kind of had right around when the expansion came out. We kind of like you know adventure through rifts together and just kind of shoot the shit on um right, on right Skype or Discord for a couple hours. So maybe you're right. And, you know, a lot of other competitors have come up. Things like Path of Exile, um, which people swear by as being more Diablo 2-like, which to me is just, like, overwhelming. Oh, really? I didn't know that that game was comparable to that game. That's what people tell me. Uh, yeah, Diablo 2, uh, Grim Dawn is supposed to be kind of Diablo 2-like. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I also don't know if the genre of game that it is appeals to me as much anymore. You know, Diablo 2 held a soft spot in my heart a little bit because, you know, I was a teenager with a lot of free time. Playing after school with friends was part of, you know, socializing in a way. And those things are sort of less relevant now a little bit. God. I'm just imagining me as a high schooler with access to Diablo 3 instead of Diablo 2 and, like, how much of my life I would have lost. How many Sundays would have just been me being like, hey, Mom, I'm going to be on the family computer until, like, 4 a.m. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's maybe it's merciful that I have adult responsibilities keeping me from pushing the leaderboards yeah. more than once a week. One week every three months. But, hey, um, it's a good game. It is. I, it is. I, I'm very glad you finally convinced me to break down and buy it. Uh, as, as I said, become one of my most played games. And I if think, only there was some sort of farming mechanic. I think you bought it at the right time, honestly. Like, th there's something interesting to talk about, and it, it's definitely interesting to see their trajectory. Like, I think you have a better sense of the later trajectory, which is a less significant trajectory, and I have a very good sense of the early trajectory. I mean, you've certainly read up on it and stuff. You're not, like, ignorant of it, but... It was interesting to see that. They took a game that was an okay game, you know, a AAA title that I found worth buying, which that is a rare thing for me. Like, I'm not buying tons of $60 AAA games when they're brand new, especially you back know. then. I, I At that time, I was buying, like, one or two a year, period, the end. Uh, and I thought it was worth buying. I just didn't play it a lot, and they significantly improved it a couple years later, and it's slowly gotten better. Um, it's just that I've played it enough that I'm done with it. It does, um, it, it does feel like they've done about as much as they can with the bones that they were given. The game is so unrecognizable compared to what it once was. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm constantly surprised when they find new ways to add longevity to it. But I'm not sure that that pace can go much further. I, again, they might surprise me one more time. But every time they do, I'm just kind of like, wow. I can't believe they're still putting stuff into this game. It's not really making them much money five years on. Yeah. Not like, um, you know, they're making money off of Hearthstone or, uh, um, you know, shoot em up cartoon characters. What the hell is that one called? Overwatch? Overwatch. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay, here's a question for you. Is yeah. there a place for another expansion or a Diablo 4? Or are we done? I, um, like, I'd love to see one. I wouldn't buy it the day it comes out, um, but I think it's going to be at least another, like, God, probably another half decade, if not more. I think as far as Blizzard properties go, it's going to be a while before there's more Diablo for a variety of reasons, not just like story fatigue, um, 
not just, you know, like letting people forget the uh, crap fest that was Vanilla Diablo 3. But also, like, it's not really one of their money makers. It doesn't have, like, the esports um, right. popularity StarCraft does. Uh, it doesn't make the money for microtransactions like some of their other properties do. Uh, so, you know, I, I hope we see Diablo 4. I don't know that it's going to be before the 2020s. That might be okay, though, you know? I think having a good gap in time is also a good thing. Like, my I would agree, and like some space for innovation here would probably be good. My my thirst for Diablo 3 was greater because it had been, you know, 11-ish years since um, Lord of Destruction came out. Yeah, God, that was a while. Yeah. yeah. So, sure. I, I mean... And, and when you look at it like that, like, yes, we played Diablo 2 for a decade, but, like, I haven't probably played this game as regularly, but I've played it, you know, over the course of the five years. I might have took a two-year gap or something, but, like, I, I've played it a little bit. And I also, I think with Diablo 2, there was a time when there was a gap, too. Like, I played it a, a lot the first couple of years. I maybe took kind of a, you know, a hiatus for four years, and then I was revisiting it regularly. I could definitely see, like, if the game kind of keeps up in its in its way, you know, burning out sometime in the next year or so. And then sometime maybe, like, three or four years from now being like, oh, hey, let's just, like, try a season. Let's, like, you know, gear up from zero, even though it's not much of an improvement based on what we have. If people, um, and coming back and kind of enjoying it. If people hack it so you can play it offline and do mods like we played with Diablo 2, like with Eastern Sun and stuff, I could see it possibly being really fun. Like, oh, uh, there's different moves. There's different this, you know? Yeah, different... Um, Everything. Just sort of changing up the flavor of it a little bit. Simply. But I'm not sure that's going to happen until Blizzard abandons it, which could be a while. That's probably true, because they'll probably defend that. But good game. Good game indeed. I think this is uh, sort of where we wrap it up. I would say so. So, yeah. Uh, overall, I, I quite like this game, but I, I think you make a very strong argument for um, you know just the sheer burnout of the roller coaster you were on for about five years with it. So, you know, let's come back. We'll cover this again in what's five years from me then? Nine, 2019. Uh, and we can see if I finally burned out by then, which I think I, I will have. I'm kind of getting there at this point. So, Kyle, uh, if folks want to catch up with us on uh, social media, if they want to send us their loving fan mail or laugh at me for only hitting number eight on the leaderboards, where can they? Spoiler alert, they don't. But <laughs> in the, like, the like rough chance that it would happen you can you know tweet and the twitters at us at recollection pod that's it recollection pod no hyphens no spaces and if you want to send us an email and you could still be the first one let me tell you <laughs> you could well, still be the first one it's do we even remember the email password at this point no i mean i got it saved <laughs> i got it saved <laughs> Oh, but thank, it's thank it's a recollection podcast at gmail.com. So, you know, uh, so far I got, uh, let's see. I'm just looking at the email account right now. Uh, last year I got an email confirming my Twitter account. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a have Twitter account password in it because we might need that. Yeah, we might need that. <laughs> and then that's about it. Someone sent me an email about promoting music on SoundCloud because our SoundCloud account Ooh. is tied to this email, I think. That does sound more lucrative than this podcast. <laughs> Anything could be more lucrative than this, this podcast. We're a SoundCloud promotion podcast from here on out, dude. Uh, but all the money I'm losing on this podcast is to SoundCloud. <laughs> oh. Oh. 
until they get you. And then you just get in this cycle of, like, SoundCloud indentured servitude. And before mm-hmm. you know it, like, up and working for SoundCloud. Yeah. Weekends are for SoundCloud. Yeah. Fun, uh, fun fact, by the way, about Diablo 3. Um, I, uh, I have basically never played it with the volume on. Oh, interesting. So I don't know what any of the music sounds like. I don't know what any of the voices sound like outside of cutscenes. You know what the Templar sounds like, though, right? Because he's like no. the... You don't know what the Templar sounds like? That's like I know there's the a meme where he says, like, glorious. I have never heard him talk. Glorious. Yeah, he's uh, a, a nope. significant guy. I don't feel like I'm losing much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just always have podcasts on. I turned the volume off way back in 2014 when I bought it, and I just never turned it on. I don't know what most of the characters sound like. Like, I don't know what the demon hunter sounds like. I mean, I definitely can't picture it in my head right now. Although I know a female demon hunter is Laura Bailey, which is a pretty good voice actor. She was just up for a video game award of some kind. I don't know for what role, but pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I think it has fair voice acting and okay-ish music. I just, but yeah, now I, uh, I throw Diablo on and I listen to music that I played Diablo 1 with. We, we did a time, I think, where we played some 90s playlists synced up or something. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Definitely, um, in my opinion, a better soundtrack than the story of Diablo. Probably true. Probably true. Anyway, we've been over the contact shit, so I think it's just a, a see you next time situation. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time.